Blog Talk Radio. Black free thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought, we don't walk by faith in the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church, so don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth that's not pulled from a text, show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself, break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branch is Rainer and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire his lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline To discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of cognitive dissonance When Father Teresa preaches, it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates around this is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night we don't walk by faith in a lost mind state because it's not quite safe. And we're live again. It's another Friday. Hello, so. everyone. Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Enthusiastic awesome. much? <laughs> no, nah, man, the thing just all of a sudden just booted me out, and I had to call back in. I wasn't turning the back on yet and everything. But how are y'all doing? This is M and, M and Evil again for another exciting show. Uh, I'm thinking that this is going to be a very good show because uh, we're interviewing someone who's uh, – a very cool guy who I've uh, known on Facebook for a few years. Met him once, and um, I think it was the nah, it was the is the uh, uh, atheist convention in Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, I met him and his wife. Really good, cool people. Very popular on Facebook and whatnot. And so uh, I'm thinking this is going to be a very good show because we're going to talk about a lot of different topics. What you think, him? I think it's going to be awesome. Um, I've known Mario, our guest, for a, a while now. Awesome guy, really great friend. Um, and just just so that our our listening audience doesn't get terribly confused, since we have two Marios on air today, I'm going to refer to our guest, Mario Stanton, as Mario, and I'm going to refer to my co-host, Mario, as the evil one, 
for the duration of this show. Okay, I, I guess I can live with that. I, you know, honorary Mario title. I guess that, you know, mm-hmm. for this for the day though. You know. Mhm. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, I guess we'll get to it in a second though. Is there anything you um want to run off your mind right quick before we launch right into the uh, discussion? No, I mean, I I kind of made myself stop watching the news um, recently because there was all manner of of fuckery and shenanigans going on. So oh, yeah. I didn't want to be involved in that. Um, the last, I can't even, I honestly don't even remember the last really fucked up thing that I saw or read somewhere because it's that bad. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think we can get to the show and have a great time. Um, Mario's a cool guy, so this, so this should be interesting. I can dig it. So, without further ado, oh, snap. What's wrong? It duplicated the numbers, so I'm wondering, um, I'm just going to pull it on over. Okay. Mario, how you doing? Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, we got you. All right, okay. this this is a quick dis the quick disclaimer. Um, so far I've noticed a few technical dis- difficulties with blog talk today. So, if there's a problem, we're going to continue to soldier on as best we can. And you know, if we have to, you know, we'll figure out figure out where to make it up. But so far, I don't think there's a problem that's going to disrupt the show. But just in case. Okay. All right, but how's, how's it going, Mario? Oh, it's going okay. Uh, everything is great. So, yeah, it really, really feels Mario, weird saying my own Before we get into name. the questions, <laughs> Mario, before we get into the questions, why don't you tell us a little bit about tell our mm-hmm. listeners a little bit more about yourself? Um, you know, give yourself a pat on the back, rattle off some accolades really quickly. Okay, you just remember um, you're speaking for all Mario's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I can dig that. Um, well, um, uh, like they say, my name is Mario Stanton. Um, I've, um, I guess the, the 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 thing that sticks out is that I uh, created a, a group on Facebook called Black Atheists, which uh, uh, was one of the first uh, groups uh, on Facebook for African American atheists. I wouldn't say it was the first. Uh, there was a few groups before that, but uh, uh, they just didn't really survive. Um, uh, I guess like uh, the, the proving period, if you will, because uh, for a long time you have maybe like ten, fifteen, twenty members, and that that that'd be your group for like maybe six months to a year, you know. So uh, yeah, I guess I I just put kept pushing it and pushing it, and um, now the group is about uh, twenty one hundred members strong. And, right. And um, so yeah, so uh, you know. Uh, our group became, I guess, the model of uh, of, of other uh, black uh, free thinking groups or black non-believer groups or anything like that. Uh, we um, we were featured uh, in uh, the Grio. Um, we were featured in New York Times, and uh, that was uh, kind of like a, a good accomplishment for the group. Now, as far as like me personally, I I work um, 
I work as a uh, paramedic for the St. Louis Fire Department, uh, you know, first responder. Um, I, um, you know, I have a, a wife, uh, three kids. You know, I've been married now for uh, 13 years. Uh, oldest child is uh, eight years old. Youngest child is four. Uh, two boys and a girl. And, you know, I kind of center my life around uh, my kids and, you know, various other interests that I have. I love to travel. Uh, so every now and then I end up in somebody's uh, backyard and, you know, hope to see somebody <laughs> when I'm there. So Sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I definitely. can say for me personally, um, Mario's group was the first online um, atheist group that I joined when I first realized that I was an atheist. And I kind of did it on a whim. The first thing I did was I just um, put in a search for black atheists on YouTube. And I did come upon two really great black male atheists, both of whom no longer make videos. Um, one is John BZ3, and the other is Catchphrase. Um, sold in a really funny fashion, though. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a dead end. Even online, there are no black atheists. And then I put in a search for black atheists on Facebook, and this group came up. And at the time, they had they already had like over 900 or over 800 people somewhere mm-hmm. in the somewhere in that area and now the group has over 2000 members. Yeah. I think it, I, I think it's a testament to the power of the social media that you know we can, you can bring so many people together and create a momentum and a movement and everything and keep it going. I mean like you said a lot of groups do not do not do not last. I've been in a lot of groups that start off seemingly went strong for about that first six-month period, but that's because you have the same people always commenting and, you know, and there's a camaraderie at the time because the group is so small, but then when you don't add any people into it, eventually you get bored and you start commenting and you'll start noticing the comments, comments drop and whatnot. And so mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of groups kind of implode upon, upon the weight of the, they lost momentum. They lost all kinds of critical mass and just collapsed. And eventually, nobody's commenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, yeah, I mean, with black atheists, it's always new blood. I remember very early on when I was in the group. I mean, some of my closest online friends, I I I met I made in that group. Um, there's still people that I love very dearly, and we communicate on almost a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. And when I yes. joined. You know, we were having all kinds of issues with trolls trying to get in the group, um, infighting among members, testament to how much you care about the group because Mario was always trying to get things under control. He always, you know, was looking out for everybody. He was like everyone's big brother, and, it, you know, we all really loved and appreciate appreciate that still, um, just how much you care about guy. the individual members of the group. Yeah, yeah and that's, that was... Um, um, that's right. That was that was my uh, my aim for the group. My um the the group was spawned out of an idea uh, that I had um you know coming online and going on to Facebook and just noticing that you know the the, the presence of uh of uh, of black atheists you know and I don't, I don't just mean African Americans I just mean atheists from you know all over the African diaspora was was kind of lacking and you know it wasn't necessarily to like. 
um, uh, segregate us from, you know, other atheist groups, but it was just, you know, to let black people know that, hey, you know, it's okay to be an atheist and there are others just like you out there. Now, I've known a few black atheists, you know, in my personal life uh, over the last, like, I'd say, like 15 years, whatever, uh, but but it's hard to find uh, a, a big community of black atheists. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to start a community online in which black atheists uh, um, can have a camaraderie with each other and can know that each other is, it, it exists and basically um, have, uh, I don't necessarily like the word fellowship, but, you know, maybe it's, it's, that's the most appropriate word right now, but, you know, have fellowship with each other and, you know, to uh, build a community of black atheists, you know, and just like, um, just like you said, I met some of my dearest uh, online friends through that group. And um, those are people that I, I genuinely love, you know, uh, and and um, there are some really good people in that group. And, you know, to kind of piggyback what, off of what the evil one says, yes, you know, the thing that, 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 that keeps this group going is the fact that there's, there, there is so much new blood coming. And sometimes, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. You know, uh, you get, you know, certain people that, you know, kind of don't know the etiquette of the group, you know, but it keeps people talking and it keeps people engaged. And um, as the older members start to wane on their posts, the newer members you know, usually pick up the slack, and that's how it's been for like the past like uh, four or five years. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 when I joined the group, that was like my place to vent. I, I think you remember back when I first joined, I was really, really active in the group, and it was kind of it. I was, I, I kind of surprised myself by how active I was because at the time the group was still open. But mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of get yourself into a place where, um, especially when you're really religious like I was, you feel so betrayed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I really I really needed to get that off my chest before I punched the nearest priest in the face. So <laughs> I'm so glad yeah. this group was around for you know, to to be there for so many people like myself who were so entrenched in religious life. Mhm. Yeah, and when you when you put yourself in in when you put yourself in a in a group of people who they get it, you know, I mean, there are always going to be bad eggs in any group, you know. But uh, I've always I've always kind of felt like even don't agree with fostered me a uh, a better understanding or gives me a chance to you know even reevaluate my own position on certain things. So when you got so many people in there, you're not going to agree with everybody. And that's the, mm-hmm. to me a good group doesn't have yes people, and we're all in this kumbaya happy go lucky thing. To me, a good group has dialogue and fosters conversation, and and sparks you know somebody saying, "Well, I need to think about this." It's not gonna always happen, but the the conversations are lively, and I value yeah. that. So. I remember. I can honestly say when I first joined Black Atheist, there were so many people that I did not like, um, but even the ones that I uh, still yeah, like, yeah. I grew to respect. 
and there were there were a lot of mindsets that I still had from residual closed-mindedness from my religious oh, life. Shit. That just by reading the post in Black Atheist, um, I really came out of that cocoon of you know irrational religious beliefs. Really opened my mind up a lot to the way people think when their thinking is not restricted by um, you know these ridiculous archaic um, rhetoric. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's another thing. It's another reason why we should not discount Facebook. I mean, it's a new tool. Social media is here to stay. That's just that's just the bottom line on it. So take advantage when you take advantage of it. Use it to the best of your ability and reach as many miles as you can. So exactly. Without further ado, you want to jump into these interview ahead. questions, evil one. Exactly. Um. My first question for Mario is, um, how long have you been an atheist, and what is your religious background, if any? Okay, um, I've been an, I've been an atheist now for I want to say um, seven, eight years. And um, okay, so so hold on before you go any further. You said earlier that you've been married for about thirteen years, so yes. you had this deconversion after you got married. Yes. Okay. All right. Um so what is your religious background? Um my religious background is um I was born and raised Roman Catholic. And oh. um, that was yeah, that was my uh you know when I grew up that became my religion of choice uh for a long time. Um there was a period between my, I guess, devout Catholicism and, you know, becoming an atheist, uh, there was a long, actually a long period between there where um, I kind of embraced um, uh, deism and pantheism and, you know, um, all kinds of other um, ways of looking at this question, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But um, when it was all said and done, when I, when I, you know, finally came to the conclusion, I had to, I had to kind of, um, I I wrestled with this for a long time, and I had to, ex- I guess, accept the fact, or accept, you know, my belief that um, there was, you know, no, uh, there was no God, and you know, to kind of, kind of, you know, qualify this, uh, this, this, this statement, um, the way I define God is 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 in the traditional sense of the word God. So I'm not saying that, you know, there may not be a natural, that's a key word, natural force that, you know, has created or governed the universe, whatever, or holds the universe together, you know, but I do not believe in a supernatural, anthropomorphic, um, outside of, of, of outside of reality, um, personal, personally invested, deity that is, you know, that is really interested in what Mario Stanton does from day to day, you know. Okay. So that's, you know, that's what I define uh, uh, as God. So when I say there's no God, I mean there is no Yahweh, there is no Allah, there is no Odin, there is no Uhura Mazda. You know, there are none of those, those type of personalities that you find in religion, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're pretty much describing my experience because um, I was um, I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church as well. 
um, mm-hmm. very, you know, religious um, um, upbringing. You know, we've spoken about this, and I was very, very involved in my church. And I had the same issue where I kind of wanted to claim agnosticism, but I didn't want to be wrong. And so um, I, I, I was sort of like, a Catholic agnostic, and then I I kind of messed around with the idea of, okay, well, you know, well, pantheism makes more sense than anything else because there are too many contradictions Mm -hmm. in monotheism, and I couldn't live with it. And, I mean, even now as an atheist, I can understand why if a person is a theist, they would choose to be monotheist, I mean, um, pantheist or polytheist and not monotheist. It honestly just makes more sense because there's yes. too many contradictions in the one God exactly. model. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've, you know, I've and, always and, said and, that. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I've always, I've ahead, always said one. that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Uh, and that's a little. There's a slight delay every time we talk, so that's why we always run into each other. But um. I've always said that, it, you know, especially after reading the Bible and looking at this one God, if you read the Bible, you get the impression that God, one God in the Bible has multiple personalities or is bipolar than a motherfucker. Because yes. he can jump between yes. so many different ideas and things. He, he loves people enough. It's not even bipolar slavery. at that point. It's like schizophrenia. Exactly. It's like multiple personality disorder. Right. So no, and paranoid schizophrenia. Because he's always concerned that somebody doesn't love him enough. Right. Yeah. A part of my blame it. Exactly. You know, the 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 the, the gist of my re, of my uh, deconversion experience started with you know it, it all started with me taking the concept of uh, of uh, salvation so seriously that I could not have it rest upon the the, the hands of someone else. Okay, right. so mm-hmm. what I did is I, you know, I told myself, okay, well, I'm a smart guy. Yeah, if I need help here and there, I might ask somebody. But I'm a smart, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can read this thing just like I can read, you know, uh, uh, some sort of manual or whatever, and figure this all out for myself. So. You know, I was one of the few people who believed and decided to read the entire Bible and study the entire Bible and study, you know, the, the, the history of my religion and everything, you know, uh, 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 in, in an objective manner because I wanted right. to be sure that, you know, okay, I wanted to be sure that Catholicism was the right way, that I was praying the right way or that I was living the right way or that I was doing, you know. And, and, and the one thing that people don't think about is that there's a lot of pressure you know, being a theist, because yes. you, know, you have to do everything. You have to do everything correctly, because if you don't, the the, the cost the cost of being incorrect is eternal damnation. That's what I believe. Exactly. So I so I needed to be correct in what I you know what I thought I was believing, and you know just like you you guys mentioned, as I read the Bible and as I did the research, I uh, I came up with the conclusion that. Uh, and this, and, and I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is all this is all uh, documented here. Um, it, it the, the religion itself is not as mono as we would like to p- pretend it be. No, mm-hmm. 
Um, the religion itself started off as a polytheistic religion, and it was, if it wasn't for the Deuteronomists wanting their particular god, Yahweh, to be the center of this religion, you know, it would have been a, 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 a polytheistic religion. But Yahweh won out, you know, their, the, the, the Hebrew war god won out from the other, you know, uh, deities or whatever that they worshipped back in those days. So, mm-hmm. right. You know, and then, you know, if you look at if you look at the concept, you know, if you take all that away, if you just look at it at face value, you have Yahweh on one end, you have uh, Satan on another end, two opposing deities. Now, whether or not you want to call him a deity or not, he's still a deity because he has, he has all of the uh, uh, characteristics of a deity. Satan is a deity according to, you know, to, to, to Christian belief. Then you have, you know, uh, 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 Jesus the Son. Then you have the Holy Spirit. You know the. Uh, um, then you have uh, the the angels. You know, and in Catholicism, you learn about the hierarchy of angels: the seraphim, the 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 the, uh, um, the cherubs, and you know the thrones and the archangels and all these other types of you know uh, angels, or whatever. So there's all these supernatural beings and all these spiritual beings, you know, in which. Uh, are being deified, especially in Catholicism, you know, including Mary. Mary is deified, deified in Catholicism, you know, but also exactly. in, in the whole of Christendom, you know. So, well, Catholicism so, yeah, tries they're, they're, very, they're, very, 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 tries to play that hand where we'll try to deify people through sainthood. And people pray yes, to, yes. to various saints, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what always bothered me um about um Catholicism as I grew older was the idea that I could be wrong. Because this is just a religion mm-hmm. that was dumped on my lap. And like you I really wanted to mm-hmm. be correct because I really still was entirely convinced that there was a hell. And I did not want to go there because somebody else was wrong and they convinced me to be wrong with them. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really wanted to, to seek out what was the best thing. And then when I realized I couldn't believe in the God of Christianity anymore, I wanted to believe in something else. And then I couldn't believe in anything else. And that's when I realized, I think, honestly, becoming an atheist made me gave me a greater appreciation, not for um, human life, because I never had an issue with that, but for the, the natural world around me. You know, before I, I, I always saw everything as lacking because everything was sort of like faulty. You know, when right. if you see something, if, if someone tells you they made something and you can see lots of errors in it, you don't value it as much as if, as you would if it just sprang up from the ground on its own. You understand? Right. Yes. I I felt like uh, I was um, I'm always told um, how we're born imperfect or we're born flawed and stuff like that you know and you reading about as a kid you know you you're reading the, you're being told that from the outset you're there's something wrong with you and so I started reading you know as I started reading the Bible and everything like that I'm like what how did this how's this guy able to judge me he just massacred two cities worth of people because he didn't agree with some things and stuff. And the more I, it just, I was never really fully, fully, fully whole cloth into religion. And I guess that kept me objective enough that I never really fully believed every single thing. I grew up Joe's Witness, though, or associated with Joe's Witness. 
and um, seeing that, you know, somebody can start off with one book and 50 people can take 50 different meanings from that one book. And then those 50 people tell 100 other people each, and those 100 other people each take a different meaning and so on and so forth. 2,000 years later, you got 40-plus thousand denominations. Chances are somebody's wrong. And so I just got tired of trying to figure all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You've already answered our second question, which is what are the direct causes of your disbelief? So I'm going to move on to question three, which is how has your perception of humanity, religion, and the religious people in your life, such as family, friends, and coworkers, changed since becoming an atheist? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. I... I, I really can't say that it's changed that much. Um, I think I I was a little bit more into it than uh, most of my family. Um, so, you know, my family were, you know, they they believed, you know, and every now and then they went to church, but it wasn't really a big deal um, in my family. Uh, my um, my father, my, my dad, my dad is a, is uh, pretty much agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty much agnostic, so um, it you know it never really was that type of you know that type of issue. Now, um, I will say this: the the, the things that have changed is that um, I, I've always accepted that I have my way of looking at things, and they have their way of looking at things, and. I don't necessarily knock them for their way of looking at, you know, at this question. Um, I do realize that a lot of it, you know, comes from, I mean, I, I'm, I've read the Bible. I've studied this stuff, you know, and a lot of those people have it, and they, they don't really have, uh, um, they don't really have the desire to. They just kind of want to take it at face value, and I know it gives them a comfort. You know, it's comfortable to think that um, there is a heaven, there is, you know, there is a place where, you know, if Uncle So-and-so dies, uh, I get to meet Uncle So-and-so when I, when I die. So um, mm-hmm. I really don't have too much of, opin- of an opinion about uh, uh, family and friends. However, I will say this. Um, I have uh, had kind of knock them out, drag them out verbal fights with, uh, with family, with certain family over this. Uh, I had family tell me that I, you know, I shouldn't quote the Bible because I'm an atheist, or, or um, yeah, I had family trying to tell me I wasn't wasn't necessarily an atheist, like like they couldn't believe that I was an atheist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, yeah. I had um, other family, you know, I, I had friends, you know, kind of, um, you know, I'd, friends kind of disowned me, I guess, you know, uh, at least on Facebook, mm-hmm. maybe not in in uh, real life, but, you know, they, they don't want to have anything to do with me on Facebook. So, um, you know, if, you know, if they're close-minded about it, then, you know, so be it. I, I really don't have any issue with, uh, uh, with my religious family and friends. I, I've always said that, you know, whatever gets them through life, uh, so be it. But, you know, as long as no one gets hurt, hurt in the process. So. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I, I think I it's a typical so, uh, reaction, especially when you're very, very religious. When you become an atheist, people simply cannot believe it. And I think it really shakes people to their core, especially people that are 
not as strong in their faith as maybe you might have been, that if, oh, if he mm-hmm. could become an atheist, what about me? And they're afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, you you, uh, you mentioned that you had been an atheist for seven years, even though you've been married for 13. Uh, did she make that journey with you or um, or uh, uh, um, or how how did you uh, how did it affect your marriage? Yeah, she um, she made that journey with me. Um, okay, kind of on on the same quest, if you will. We were both on uh, uh, on our own spiritual journey, and um, the, when she met me, I was already I'd already um, basically uh, gave up on Catholicism, and I started to move towards Judaism. I was thinking that, you know, well, maybe I should become a Jew because, um, you know, Christianity isn't, you know, isn't uh, really uh, making sense right now. So when I met her, I'd, I'd actually introduce myself as a Jew, you know, and she would she would tell you that the same thing. And um, so um, we, you know, when we started, uh, when we first started dating, um she was trying to uh, become uh, born again, and um, since she was uh, giving it a try to become born again, I, I, I told myself, well, I would try to become born again also. Uh, you know, I'm not really going to uh, be close-minded about this experience, so I, I went on a journey with her, and um, we, uh, we, we dove right into it. We stopped listening to secular music and just listened to Christian stations and and, um, well, that's the fastest you know, way to become when, an atheist. That music is old, real quick. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, we um, so we, we 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 did that for a little while, and um, we were trying to find a church home. And the only church home that I could think of, the the, the church that I liked, was my my old church, and that was a Catholic church by the name of Saint Francis Rock. Well, you know, which is it's still it's still a great church. I'm still good friends with the uh, with the pastor. He was my Facebook friend for a while. He's probably still my Facebook friend, um, but he's uh, he's moved on to a different uh, parish. Um, but yeah, he's uh, uh, it was a great church. And uh, one day we went there, and um, we were we were reading uh, other stuff on religion and stuff. You know, um, there was a book that kind of changed the way we looked at things. It was We called it the Red Book, and it's a, a book with a big red cover, and it says the, the book that your church doesn't want you to read. Now, mind you, time we're both, like, you know, militant, pro-black, uh, uh, you know, that type of thing. So we always went to the black bookstore and bought, we bought books all the time. And we just happened to run across that book, and we read it together. So one day we went to church, and... Uh, in the middle of the service, we looked at each other, and we didn't say a word. We could just feel it. We could just feel it. We looked at each other, and we just walked out because we knew we, we, we just didn't believe it anymore. Awesome. Mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's really great that you guys, too, were able to keep your marriage strong, perhaps, from what I'm hearing, um, you know, strengthen the relationship as you deconverted. So yes, that's really great. Yes. We, we both deconverted around the same time. And um, we both, you know, and that's because we both was, we both had a thirst for knowledge. We both had a, a real bad thirst for knowledge. And as the more, you know, the more knowledge that we got, the more we, you know, we came to the realization that this really doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't live up to the hype that, you know, that is built upon. 
and mm-hmm. you know, um, I I I I attribute that to my wife being intelligent. My wife is an is an extremely intelligent woman, um, and many times she's more interested in uh, knowing the truth or knowing what's going on than, than sometimes I am. And so my wife keeps me honest, and I, I can say that. She keeps me honest. I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, um, when I first met y'all in um, Iowa, like, um, and this is another thing that kind of made me appreciate the social media so much more because we, um, when we went to, I, uh, to Des Moines, Iowa, for the atheist convention, I could probably say maybe 10, 12 black people there. At, at most, yeah. I'm probably being a little conservative, and you know, meeting y'all, you know, I every time I look around, when I was uh, uh trying to attract someone to talk to someone or something like that, and an issue comes around about religion, and I have to say, well, no, I don't believe in everything like that. All of a sudden, bam, it's not okay. Now I probably could have hit it if I hadn't have said that, but because I said I don't believe mm-hmm. in God, all of a sudden now, door shut down, they ain't gonna work, or I get the thing of. Well, what would change your mind or something like that? Almost like this kind of fleeting hope that there's some way to get me on the team. And so when I when exactly. I met y'all, it kind of kind of gave me hope that I could, I could I see two cool, intelligent people who don't believe in God. So I'm I'm seeing that the possibilities are not nearly as rigid as I thought they were, and that really no. helped me, especially firmly entrench myself within within it and let all this stuff stuff go. Mhm. Yeah. All right. My next question is: Do you think that new atheists or even older atheists, um, people who've you know been atheists for years and years, should be more mm-hmm. vocal with their rejection of faith in our society, or should they make an effort to be more moderate in their language and tone as a show of respect to the religious people in their lives? That's a good question. I don't think Wishy Washers is here and say uh, a little bit of both. Um, first, let me let me put this out there. I hate the term new atheist uh, mm-hmm. because to me, what new atheists mean is uh, oh, you know, there are atheists that actually speak up now. There's atheists that actually speak their mind. There's atheists that actually fight for uh, um, for uh, uh, the First Amendment. So when someone speaks up, when someone, uh, um, you know, fights for the, the First Amendment, when someone fights, against, you know, for the separation between church and state, all of a sudden they're labeled a new atheist, you know, as if, you know, they're, some, they're somehow more radical than the old ones, you know. And the thing, you know, the thing that we have to keep in mind is that there has just been, there has just has been this uh, resurgence or, uh, Mario, uh, influx. I'm Mario, yeah. the evil one. Um, someone's yeah. breathing very heavily into their phone. That's <laughs> probably okay. okay. Uh-huh. Continue, Mario. So yeah. So all right. So yeah. There's there's been this 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 influx of like uh, uh, of um, Christian fundamentalism since the since the 1980s. And it's just gotten worse. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse, you know, uh, to the point where, you know, now we have to fight. Uh, um, we have to fight to keep creationism out of our schools, things of that nature. 
And, you know, the only thing that the so-called new atheists do is they, you know, is they try to fight against the intrusions of religion upon, you know, the state. You know, and, you know, and, they, and they, they're very vocal about their, uh, their criticisms, you know, towards religion. Now, I think that, that uh, uh, atheists need to be very vocal about their criticism against, you know, uh, criticism against religion. They need to be vocal about their atheism. They need to be vocal about their non-belief. Believe me, the other side is very vocal about their belief, and they're very good at turning people uh, um, into, you know, more, you know, basically turning people into more religious people. They're very good. They have a good uh, um, uh, advertising, I guess, if you will, they have, you know, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses go from door to door. You know, I've seen even doctors go from door to door. That's actually They're very a good at evangelizing. Yeah, it, it door, is. You know, door to door advertising, whatever. I think. You know, but they, but you know, even with that, they still get converts. They still get converts, and you know, so I think that we we need to be at you know just as vocal as they are. However, I do think that. We kind of do ourselves a disservice when we when we're uh, uh, condescending towards the other side. Um, you know, many of us think that you know that theists or you know or religious people are stupid, and a lot of times that's not that's not necessarily the case. It's not about their stupidity. It's about a comfort zone. It's about mm-hmm. being able to um, being able to get out of a paradigm that you've been in for all your life and that's very hard to do. You know mm-hmm. and it's very scary to do. When 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 you know, when I came to the realization that the religion that I was that I was practicing pretty much all my life was a lie, I cried. Mm-hmm. You know, it made me depressed. You know, uh, um it was not a good thing. You know, and that that may be scary for a lot of people to go through. You know, so there, there's this comfort level. You know, my mother told me, we were having this conversation about this, and my mother said, you know, I need this. I need to believe in this, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't, you know, then, you know, the world will be scary without it. And I couldn't do anything but, you know, but respect that, I guess, you know. Um, I um, So I don't want to be condescending towards the other side. I don't want to, you know, call them idiots or anything like that, you know. Um, we just have to, we have to make them realize that the world without, uh, uh, this imaginary being called God is not necessarily that scary, you know, that uh, for a matter of fact, is is quite liberating, if you will. You know, I, 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 yeah, because I'm, you know, I was kind of looked at it when, you know, because I have several friends, I've even even dating someone who, when she found out I was an atheist, she asked me, one of the first things she asked me was, well, what keeps you being moral and doing good things and everything? And I'm like, because I'm not an asshole. But I've also gotten people, you know, tell ask me, one of the first questions I normally get is, uh, um, um, especially they're talking to somebody else about me, is, is he black? So after you get past that, but I always looked at it, I mean, I've been, I've heard a lot of, it gives me comfort to believe there's another, a higher power. 
it gives me some feeling of security and something like that to believe there's somebody there looking looking out for me. And I always looked at it as the person hanging on the edge of the pool in a deep end, afraid to deep venture out. You know, you're probably going to stay. I don't know how Mario feels about it, but this is the way I see it. Now, you and I both know how the Catholicism isn't exactly a charismatic faith. It doesn't lean um, heavily on stories of, of, you know, just gospel stories um, that are warm and fuzzy and make you feel good inside. It doesn't tell you that everything will be all right if you just get right with the Lord. There's certain criteria you need to follow. There's certain rules to being a Catholic. And so because of that, yes. I never really um, was immersed, fully immersed in in what a lot of other Christians are, which is this mindset that God is all good or that God is all loving or that he will forgive anything. And I think that's why it's comforting to them. In Catholicism, we're introduced to a God that punishes you when you're bad which is what we see a lot of in the Old Testament. Um, speaking as a person with a chronic a condition that causes chronic pain, if I were still a Catholic, I would have probably lost my mind already trying to figure out what I'm being punished for. That's true, That's too. It. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I never, as a Catholic, I never had that idea of comfort of somebody watching over you. I had that fear of, someone judging me, so I need to act right because he's watching me. Yes, I, I, I can I can agree with that uh, to a certain extent. Uh, my my um, experience with Catholicism is a little different, but there were times where I was scared of uh, of making God mad, you know, because you, you are taught that, you know, there, there, there are certain punishments you know, for, you know, angering God and there's, you know, and, you know, there, there's, there's certain things that you have to do. You know, we have, there's a lot more rules in Catholicism than people would like to believe, you know, mm-hmm. especially black people because there's not that many black Catholics uh, uh, in the USA. Uh, but, um, you know, people, you know, a lot of us think that Catholicism is like, you know, what you see on the mafia movies, uh, you know, shoot somebody, say a couple of Hail Marys and everything is good. You know, but mm. it's, it's, it's more rigid than people would like to give it credit for. Um, there are actually over 700 rules of Catholicism. Um, do you like to know all the rules? It's a nice, handy little book. It's like an encyclopedia on how to be Catholic. It's called The Catechism of the Catholic Church, and a new version yes, is yes. published every single year. Yes. Um, and, it, I mean, and, you know, not to be too hard on Roman Catholicism, the Greek Orthodox Church, the Russian Orthodox Church, and various branches of um, Protestant faiths, including um, Lutheranism, Episcopalianism, all operate under incredibly um, rigid structure. And, you know, it's, you know, I can't say that because of that structure they're any worse than the charismatic religions. In fact, because of that, I say that they're better um, because Catholics don't have TV ministers telling you to send your last fifty dollars for some sackcloth, and it will fix everything in your life. Um, yes. You know, Catholics have been telling people for years: if you're suffering, God is testing you, and you're going to have a greater reward mm. in heaven. They're not promising you a damn thing right now. <laughs> no, no, everything, everything is about heaven. You know, you know, you, you're basically doing everything so that you know you're good in the afterlife. You know, and, yeah, and, exactly. and suffering is. 
And suffering is actually looked at as a good thing in, in Catholicism, you know. Exactly. That's uh, uh, you're su- suffering as Jesus suffered, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, if you suffer, well, if Jesus suffered, then that that's better. Like, you know, in Catholicism, love is not just something beautiful. It also can be something painful. Um, and, yes. you know, if God chooses you to go through some suffering, that's because God thinks you're strong enough. He thinks you're awesome. Maybe you hate him because he thinks yes. you're that awesome, that your life is that <laughs> And there's a saying, something about, like, God will never put too much, put more on you than he thinks you can handle. And so every mm-hmm. time I see it, I think about starving people and people with cancer or something like that. Hey, yeah, I'm going to give you this terminal disease because you can handle it. Yeah, actually, that, that actually did not spring up with the original Catholicism. Um, it is actually something that Protestant slave owners would tell their slaves. This suffering yes. is God's will. God never put more on you than you can bear. Everything you're going through is God's will. Um, and they love to quote that, that passage in the New Testament where Jesus says that slaves are to love their masters as um, God loves his children or as Christ loves the church. Um, yes. So that... that and many of them do. To, to tell bondsmen and slaves and indentured servants to keep them placated and, you know, you know, hold off any revolutions or any ideas they might have that, hey, I don't deserve this. <laughs> yes. Um, so my next question for Mario is, um, do you ever think that there will come a time where um, being open about being an atheist will ever become a non-issue? Like worldwide, people can just say, I'm an atheist, and nothing, and without any fear, without any hesitation, without any consequences to retribution or anything like that. Well, um, I don't think that it would happen anytime soon worldwide. It would probably be another couple of centuries, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. before uh, that's uh, able to happen worldwide. Um, the biggest uh, block to that is um, the um, is the uh, Muslim countries where uh, um, they still live under uh, very rep- uh, uh, repressive uh, theocracies, and, and many Christian countries and, and places like. Uh, you know, and various countries in Africa are the same way, very theocratic. So as long as you have a theocratic government um, uh, in place, then um, that is not possible uh, throughout the world. Now, I will say this. I do believe that um, that it can happen much sooner here in America um, as long as we keep uh, our, vo- our voices heard and we, as long as we keep our arguments out there. Um, if we don't keep our arguments out there, we don't make our voices heard, and if we just, you know, relegate ourselves to the, to the shadows again, then um, we can stifle any type of progress that, that we're making right now as far as um, making atheism um, a, a non-issue. Basically, that's my goal. My goal personally uh, in the atheist movement is, is to make atheism a non-issue. You know, oh, well, you don't believe in God. Okay, well, let's have ice cream. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, instead of like, well, you know, you don't believe in God. You must be a bad person. You're, you're, not, a, you're not of a, 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 a 
a patriot, you know, you're uh, you're a baby eater, you're you know, you're all these other kind of things, and you know, it's, it's the way I feel about it is that it shouldn't be an issue. It's it's an argument over metaphysics. That's all it is. It's an argument over metaphysics. And, you know, for people to put so much stock into it where they're ready to uh, kill other people because in a lot of places they do kill atheists still, um, then uh, that's that's a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that was a meme question. I saw. That was a meme I saw in which... Uh, <laughs> there was a meme I saw in which some a teacher was uh, came in. He's supposed to be an atheist, and he said, "You know, if there's a God, let him punch me in my face right now." And so the guy, some guy, they they sat there for a minute, and so there's a guy who's supposed to be a a, um, a, a, a marine came up and punched the guy in the face. And when he got up, he like, "Why did you do that?" He's like, "Cause God is busy protecting um, soldiers, and so he sent me instead." And there were so many likes and so many people cheering that on. It just mm-hmm. tears me out. Yeah, yeah man, that's, that's it, the... It always bothered me that an, an apostle God needed other people to speak and act on his behalf. And if he was acting or speaking through anyone, wouldn't you essentially be the puppet and he the puppeteer? I'm sorry? I said, if a guy was working and speaking through you, wouldn't you essentially be the puppet and he's a puppeteer? <laughs> yes. So that's the way I think about it. Yes, he would be a, a a puppeteer and you would be a puppet. And, you know, that wouldn't be the free will that you advertise, uh, you know, as much. There, there's there's no free will if, you know, if, if, if God is commanding you, you know, through your thoughts or whatever to, to, to do certain things. So, no, there's there's – uh, um, so yes, I, I totally agree with that that notion. But you know, the guy punching the guy in the face and 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 you know people liking that that's that's indicative of what we go through as atheists in a um, theistic society, you know, in a heavily theistic society and in a in a hostile society for atheists, um, where they're so hostile to the fact that we don't believe that they're prone to violence. They're prone to to liking violence, you know, against us. And uh, that's something that we need, you know, we need to, uh, 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 you know, to basically work on as far as, like, keeping our message out there. Um, any type of movement, there's always people resistant to that movement at first. But as long as we keep, you know, we keep going, we keep going, we keep going, you know, that movement uh, 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 will endure. And, you know, these issues that we have now uh, uh, won't last into the future. And that's what I believe. Great video on YouTube that discusses this. It's like it's just a little over seven minutes long. I highly recommend everyone um, who's listening watch it, even if you are an atheist, because every time I watch it, I think something new I, I, it opens my mind to other aspects of the theist versus atheist debacle that I may not have considered before. Um, it's called The Real God and Epiphany, and it is made by Dark Matter 2525. Dark Matter. 
Yep, it is. I love it. Hands stuff. down, the best video he's ever made. It's called The Real God and Epiphany. And it deals with why um, theists have such seemingly irrational, hostile reactions to what they deem as atheists rejecting their God. Because their God is basically a, a basically, uh, um, their God is basically a reflection of themselves. You know? oh, and that's exactly. one thing I've exactly. always, I've always, I've always wondered, and I've, I've always argued uh, for the past, I will say, uh, uh, ten, twelve, fifteen years, that uh, why is it that God? seems to take on the personality of the person that's speaking. You know, for right. Fred Phelps, God hates, you know, for Fred Phelps, God hates homosexuals. You know, for a gay person, God loves homosexuals. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same, we're talking about the same entity. We're talking about Yahweh. Right. And, you know, supposedly, when you become saved, when you believe, when you believe in Jesus Christ or whatever, you're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is supposed to guide you and let you know what is, supposed to give you inside right. information. And so right. if all these people are having inside information, why, why is it contradicting each other? Mm-hmm. I always um, thought and that this every is something time he you say something in the like video that. As well, um, that believers even those who, who are of the same religion and the same denomination will say that they agree with God, but they disagree with each other. And I always yeah. thought that every time you said, I believe God this, or to me God is, you, are, you just created your own micro-denomination. Exactly. Yes. Um, all right, so my next question, and now we're getting to the meat. Um, what do you think is or are the most dangerous aspects of religion and why? Um, the most dangerous aspect of religion is um, is basically um, this dogma that says that you have to basically follow what it is that you're being taught. I think it's not necessarily the fault of the religious, the religious themselves, but it's more or less the fault of those who who um, are the leaders in said religion and the followers of religion. Um, you have these people who take advantage of, uh, of, of, of other people. Um, and many of us, you know, many of us heard the stories, many, many of us know them. Uh, the, the, the name Creflo Dollar comes to, name, or it comes to mind, um, where you have this guy who's charismatic, you know, he, you know, uh, sales people, um, you know, he gets these people to to, to, to trust him. He, he basically sells <laughs> them a dream, but at the same time, he's fleecing them of everything that they have and the promise that, you know, okay, well, if you continue to let me fleece you, then you'll receive blessings later on. You know, I don't agree with, you know, people who go to churches who, you know, the, the the church uh, wants to see your W twos. You don't you don't need to know what I make. What I mm-hmm. need to know, you know, if there is a God, you know, and I'm I'm speaking on you know the the I'm speaking on the hypothetical that you know that God exists on, on that on you know hypothetically. Um, if you know if there is a God and I'm giving this money to God, that's between me and God. Who are you to look at my bank account and see what is you know what I'm giving you? 
you know. So there's this, 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 this thing that religion does that makes people slaves of that religion, and it becomes very, very dangerous, um, you know, to the point where uh, um, Donestown in uh, 1977, I think, 1978, uh, mm-hmm. where um, Jim Jones controlled all these people, nearly a 1,000 of them. And, you know, uh, it, it, it resulted in one of the biggest mass suicides slash murders in, uh, in the history of the world. Um, you know, you got the Heaven's Gate people who castrate themselves and, 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 and drink uh, uh, cyanide in order to chase a, a mothership behind Hell Bob Comet. You know, you have the, 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 the hijackers on 9-11 who, uh, um, you know, with the promise of 72 versions or whatever, you know, flew planes into a building killing 300 people. Um, and this is what religion creates. The, the the story of the little girl that um you know so wanted to be with her you know departed father that she hung herself in the belief that she would be reunited with him in heaven and that's the dangerous part of religion that no one wants to talk about when we talk about uh Pascal's wager well you know if I the religious person is right you know if I am right then there's nothing that, you know, there's nothing that would happen to me. But if you're wrong, you know, you have to face eternal damnation. And that's not entirely true. You know, if you're wrong, and, you know, you may be, may have easily been one of those people who gave up your 14-year-old daughter to be molested by some charismatic preacher, mm-hmm. you know, some right. cult leader, some, you know, uh, 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 something of that nature. So religion has a ten, you know, has a, a, a the ability to do great harm, you know. And that's one of the things that people don't talk about. We like to, we like to separate mainstream religion from uh, from uh, uh, cults. Like, oh, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's a religion. That's a cult. No, they're all cults, or they're all religions. Exactly. All, or the all, all religion. There's no the separation between a cult the two. And religion is the number of congregants. You know, the larger your community, that. yeah, it it really is only that you can you can you can look down on the quote unquote cults because they have a few dozen members. When you get a few hundred or a few yeah. thousand, all of a sudden you're no longer a cult. <laughs> um, some well, a friend of mine actually. Uh, um, the the friend people's of mine actually, temple was considered a cult. Mm-hmm. And um, the people's temple had had hundreds of members. But you know the thing is, is that the media and the powers that be want to, you know, want to call things a cult when it results in something bad, when it results in mass suicide or mass homicide or something like that, then it's a cult. You know, if it's, you know, if they do good things like, you know, well, we we just built the hospital, or we gave, you know, the breast cancer, or we fed the homeless. Well, that's a religion. You know, and my argument has always been that, you know, you can't separate the two. The same thing goes on with each one of them. And the same guy that, that built the hospital may be the same guy facing your community or maybe the same guy, you know, molesting your children, you know, or maybe the same guy that, you know, uh, um, slept with, you know, a married woman, you know, and you know, just, just things of that nature. So, you know, the, 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 the problem with religion is, is that it, it creates devotion, not only devotion to the deity, but devotion to the hierarchy which is supposed to answer for that deity. You know, the pastor, the bishop, 
the the deacon, you know, you know, the uh, the, the the priest, the the father, the the, the the my senior, you know, those people. Yeah, I mean, um, actually, a friend of mine posted something earlier about it's a link from truthrundown.net, and it's a list of 141 things that Jehovah's Witnesses cannot do. And on that list are like really ridiculous things like discuss politics. They can't vote either, yeah. which is extreme. They can't donate blood or have blood transfusion. No, so no. Really, no. just like what are you thinking? Things like you can't join the YMCA. Um, you can't throw. They can't throw rice at a wedding. When you when you think about these things in the context of a non-believer, or even a person who's just not a Jehovah's Witness, each and every one sounds ridiculous. They cannot buy a raffle ticket. Yeah, <laughs> my grandmother drinks. My my grandmother keeps a card in her wallet uh, that says "No Blood" on it. You know, you need to steal that card, right? <laughs> she probably never let me forget. Let me forget it if I did. Uh, it's you know exactly cults. You know the cult, the cult, the cult idea, and it, it's like and it's like this. You know, it is so firmly entrenched in these people's mind that there's nothing. There are some people who, no matter what happens, will never dislodge the thought that this is a good thing. You know, you see Jim Jones and stuff. That's what he did. I'm seeing people saying, "Well, that was a devil." They they excuse the negative behaviors of other people who believe just as much as they do by saying it was a devil or they weren't true Christians as though they are, even though 500 years ago, the Christianity that they believe in now, they would be burning on the stake for being a heretic. Yeah, so, and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and, and even beyond that, you know, you can sit up there and point to your finger at Jim Jones and call him the devil all you want to, but, you know, you go to uh, uh, Eddie Long's church and you support Eddie Long, but you point a mm-hmm. finger at Jim Jones, you point a finger at David Koresh, you know, but you have another one here who uses his power, you know, to, to basically seduce young men, you know, with money and stuff like that in order to, you know, get his rocks off. So, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, a lot of people like to think that, you know, well, but my pastor is different. My pastor isn't like that. You know, your pastor is a human being, you know, and why are you putting so much devotion and so much uh, uh, um, trust in this guy who probably don't know, don't know better than you do? Well, you know, he has a a, a, a mail-order degree from some divinity school. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm not impressed. You know, I, I'm I'm certainly not impressed by that. So. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I, I guess I can say this for Catholicism as well as Lutheranism and, and Lutheranism and the Episcopal, the Episcopal Church where um, these people have an education. Uh, you know, I never met a priest that spoke less than two languages and did yeah. a couple of degrees. You know, it wasn't a situation where the typical con artist off the street could could just order a degree, mail order or online, set up a church in, like, his basement and call himself a priest or a deacon or a minister. And what I'm seeing now yes, that, that is was not a only good people thing about saying my pastor is not like that when they see 
um, a minister doing wrong, they will they will go out of their way to say he's not like that. Those people are lying, even though those people tend to be, you know, children, teenagers. Yes. You know. Yes. Everyone is wrong. Everyone is right. to blame. It's never them. People are attacking him because everyone persecutes the servant of the Lord. There's always right, some exactly. reason why he's innocent. Right, right. Eddie Long right. didn't have sex with those guys. They just attacked him. It was the, it's the devil attacking him. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. well, everybody makes mistakes, mistakes and everything. That went on television defending him. He wasn't even defending himself. And he had members of the congregation defending him on national television. Exactly. You got a non-denial denial, and but you know, but he didn't do anything wrong. A non-denial denial. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know that's 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 just the nature of it all. You know, and and and, and be honest with you, that that right there is faith. Faith, the belief in something, even though there's overwhelming evidence or whatever. On the contrary, that's faith. You know, or there's no evidence for it. Mm. So, you know, so you know, I, 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 hey, at least they're being consistent. Yeah, this is true. Um, oh. Okay, this is a good question for you. Because you're an ex-theist, I'll ask you: What are some aspects of your religion, your religious life, and your former religious community that you miss, and why? Wow. Um, I do miss uh, uh, the ritual and ceremony of Catholicism. Um, I wanted to be a priest uh, um, at one time, and um, I love I loved celebrating the Eucharist. I love Latin Mass. I love um, 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 the proclamation of the mystery of faith. You know, the Gregorian chant. You know, the the, the long robes and the big funny hats. You know. The churches that you know have uh, so much architectural embellishments and 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 um, stained glass windows and and the stations of the cross. Those are things that I that I miss. One of the things that I miss the most, and this this may sound funny, is a uh, midnight mass, uh, Christmas. You know, I miss midnight mass. Um, and so yeah, I, you know, and I was one of those people that uh, um, I I love my religion. I, I did. I loved my religion. I just loved the truth more. Mhm. Interesting. So. Cool. cool yeah, cool. I think I think I think I feel the same way about a lot of those aspects too. Um, the thing that made the Catholic Church stand out from other um, Christian denominations for me was how how. Um, the quiet beauty of the mass, and I don't know if that makes sense. Exactly, that might make sense to you, Mario, because there was a lot of shouting or jumping up and down. But um, especially um, as a member of the choir, to the hymns that we sang, everything was just very moving, very soul stirring. I kind of I hear some of those hymns now, and it kind of puts me back to that place of calm, you know, that you experience in the church. And midnight mass was one of those things. It's very calm. It's very beautiful. Um, exactly. Celebration of the Eucharist was, you know, that kind of it's that thing that made you feel like you were connected to every member of the church, even if you didn't even know their name. So I can mm-hmm. understand that. Like if you didn't have a bad church experience, 
Catholicism can be a very, very soothing experience. I mean, if the priest didn't touch you in your naughty parts, it's <laughs> yes. pretty okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've uh, yeah. always been fascinated with ancient religions and stuff and seeing the architecture and the pageantry that goes into it, the theater and everything, and even the structure. That's one of the, one some of my favorite movies feature old-school Victorian medieval churches and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting history. It is. It is it's very interesting. And, 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 you know, just what Emily was saying is there's, there's a quiet beauty. There's mm-hmm. a, 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 a quiet beauty of, of, uh, of uh, the mass that, you know, um, that, that chance of uh, inward reflection, you know, so. Awesome. Awesome. Can I, well, let me you know, and Mario, really quickly, I wanted to tell you why they have those stained glass windows in the Catholic churches. Those were actually an idea that um, was thought up around the time of the Crusades so that um, priests and, and deacons and monks could explain um, biblical stories to the illiterate because teaching them how to yes. read was out of the question. That would just make them more prone to you know, becoming heretic, heretic. So just point and be like, hey, what's going on in that picture? It's from an awesome Bible story. And it looks beautiful. Look, but there's, there's a picture of the the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, yep. So there's so a purpose so, for the stained glass besides being beautiful. Well, you know, let me ask you this, then. Um, you know, you... you you said you said a lot of things, you know, concerning your, your upbringing and stuff like that. Do you believe that um, uh, um, religion is is a form of child abuse or indoctrinating your child is a form of child child, child abuse? I, I think that it has a, the the potential to be a form of child abuse. Um, me personally, I don't raise my children any certain way, um, not even uh, uh, as atheists, you know. Uh, is up to them to uh, basically uh, explore and answer that question on their own. You know, now, if they, you know, if they just happen to be influenced by my atheism and the atheism of my wife, that's, that's so be it, you know. But um, I don't believe in, in, in people uh, indoctrinating their children. I think children should be mm-hmm. left to... Uh, you know, especially, you know, you're not old enough to make those types of de- decisions. You're not old enough and sophisticated enough as a thinker to uh, ponder those questions. And to have that force fed upon somebody, I think, is, is, is you know, it's is, is sad, you know, it's, and it's, uh, it, it can be abusive, especially when um, that uh, dogma is used to attack the child. You know, mm-hmm. we all uh, seen... Uh, we all seen Carrie, but you seen the new version or mm-hmm. the old version or or the sequel, you know, whatever. You remember that that the mother was very religious, and the mother used her religiosity as a weapon against her own daughter, and it made her daughter mm-hmm. feel more more uh, uh, excluded from you know from I guess the world than she already felt not being you know fitting in with her classmates, you know. So, you yes, know, the uh, thing I want to point out does. about Carrie, too, while, you're, while you were talking about it, is yes. Carrie's mother was clearly a paranoid schizophrenic. Clearly. Yes. But she was so oh. religious, and this happens a lot 
uh, with with religious communities or even religious individuals where where their clear state of mental instability is taken as piety. If she had not refusing God is everything she says, someone would have probably gotten her the help that she needed years ago. Uh, Instead, exactly. they just saw her as that really religious woman. Yeah. Oh, no. and, 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 That's why and, and, I feel and, and, that no matter how great the religious community is, it is a, it is a form of child abuse, especially if the religious community is great, because eventually that child will have to venture out of, outside of that, those, those walls of that religious community and that church, and they will still be making basing their decisions as if they were still in that religious community or that church because their church life or their church experience was good. They turned a blind eye to those that were not so good and kind of removed the responsibility of the religion for what it does to other people because their personal experience was good. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it, uh, I, I do believe that it, it, it can. It's not always a form of child abuse, but... It, it can be a form of child, child abuse, and I'm I'm totally against uh, um, I'm totally against uh, uh, basically trying to brainwash a child into into any mm-hmm. type of like uh, uh, dogmatic viewpoint, you know. So, okay. My next question. Now we know you're married, and your wife is also a non-believer at this point. But do you believe that relationships between theists and atheists can work? And I'm not just talking about, you know, um, sexual relationships, but romantic relationships, long-term relationships, marriages between theists and atheists. Do you think that these relationships can work? Uh, it, it depends. Uh, I think that if the uh, the couple is apathetic about um, uh, their stance, if one is an apathetic uh, atheist and the other one is an apathetic uh, religious person, um, which there, there are many of those types of people. There are people out there who who believe, but it's not necessarily a big deal. I, I got a family full of them, you know. And um, so as long as they're apathetic about the question, then, you know, then uh, it can work out. But if you're a religious person, if you're deeply religious, you know, and uh, uh, you're a person that's, that's that's an atheist, and you're a strong atheist like I am. Then no, um, that type of relationship cannot work. Uh, me personally, I I can't see myself a person that will attempt to force my kids uh, uh, into church. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, like like that's a requirement, you know. Well, you know, the, the the kids must go to church. No, if the kids choose to go to church, they can go to church. If they don't, they can stay at home, you know. Mm-hmm. But but uh, uh, I can't I can't see that. You know, for me, uh, uh, that's that's kind of a deal breaker uh, with with me. But I think as long as you know. You know, if 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 we don't if we don't plan on having children, and there's a respect to that of that of those boundaries, well, you can go to church, but I'm not going to go, that sort of thing. Then maybe just maybe it, it can work out. But it, you know, like I said, it depends on the level of you know of uh, of devotion, I guess, or level of uh, of of, of uh, how this how this level of importance that this this has in your life. 
if you're a religious person and you're like kind of like mad about the whole thing, then yeah, you can you can date pretty much anybody you want to, you know, as long as they're not you know ultra religious themselves. Because that there's always a conflict between religious people on that note. Well, you know, I believe, but I'm not like her. You know, I'm, I'm not like him. You know, he goes to church every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, it, it just like I said, it just depends on how important that question is in your life, or, or how important that condition is in your life. Very okay, good. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a quick. Let me ask you a question, though, Ben. Um, do you feel? Uh, I mean, are there things within the atheist community, atheist movement, black atheist movement, how, however you want to term it, are there things that you see that have disappointed you, or you believe that could be done better? That disappointed me. Um, yeah. To be quite honest with you, the thing that I see in the atheist movement that disappoints me is the fact that um, the same type of uh, um, parad- the same type of paradigm jump that it took to uh, uh, leave a religious life or relieve a re- religious thought, or the same type of scrutiny that that religion has gotten amongst atheists, isn't necessarily. Uh, 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 practice when it comes to other things. Um, a lot of times, uh, there's many atheists that okay, well, I'm stuck. You know, I, I've gotten out of paradigm as far as like there, there's a god, and there has to be a god because I exist. If I exist, therefore he, he or she or whatever exists. There's many atheists that got beyond that, but they cannot get beyond you know um, other paradigms. You know that that. Um, that exists in in our in our lives or whatever, and my whole thing is is that everything everything should be scrutinized and that every you know that we should be open about everything you know or look at everything in in, in a certain context instead of like you know well I'm just going to be closed off to this or you know you know I'm just going to look at it in the way that society you know has has deemed that I should look at it. You know, so um, you know something that's like something like public nudity. Well, I don't think that you know, I don't think that people should walk around nude. And for me, it's like okay, well, that is not a big issue. You know, whether someone walks around nude or not. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's it's natural. You know, I, well, I just don't want I don't want my children to see. What's what's wrong with your children seeing a, a naked body? You know, stuff like that. You know. So people can't necessarily uh, 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 make those type of philosophical jumps in other arenas uh, as they have with uh, with atheism. And then the other thing I, I can say that, that bothers me about uh, many atheists is that um, skepticism seems to be confused with cynicism. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean is that um, there's this, this, you know, I, I, I suspect that, Many of these people have become atheists because, well, I just, you know, I just don't believe in anything, or I just don't believe that, uh, you know, the, the, the powers that be are trying to trick me, and this is just another one of the ways that they're trying to trick me, you know, and I'm skeptical, you know, I'm, I'm cynical about everything uh, uh, around me. Um, I made a mention to, uh, uh, I made a, a mention about. Uh, Hidebackers on 9/11, uh, just uh, maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes ago, and I bet you there's people that's listening there whose heads are rolling right now, 
You know, well, nine eleven was an inside job. Blah 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 blah. You know, and to me, that's kind of yeah. like an example of of of, of cynicism. You know, rather than skepticism, you know, yeah, and I'm not trying to say that you should take take everything at face value, but you know, you got to ask the right questions, as uh, Doctor uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says, be scientific liter- scientifically literate, know how to ask the right questions. Okay, if Sandy Hook was a was 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 a hoax or whatever, what were they trying to what were they trying to prove? What were they trying exactly. to, to accomplish? You know, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know. So that's that's my problem with many atheists is that skepticism gets gets confused with cynicism. And, you know, cynicism is never good. It with Sandy Hook because we're not talking about a government conspiracy. We're talking about something on a very localized level in a small town that no one's ever heard of. And you guys really yes. believe that all of those small, small town folks were able to act in concert with such perfect synchronicity and keep a secret for that long? Really? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but what? What is? You no. Know, the, the question is, what was to be gained by that? You know. Exactly. And I had, I had, I had an argument with somebody. Well, it was, it was about donation money. You think they could have came up with a better way to get donation money? You know. Really. And then think about the cost that. Think about the cost that it would. You know that. It, think about the cost of, of of orchestrating something like that. If it is a hoax. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's you know. I mean, if you if you want to make a lot of donation money, you know, and, and not go towards anything, whatever, talk about curing cancer or something. I don't know, you know, could come up with a foundation, but you know, but don't orchestrate a shooting in which like you know twenty children are murdered, you know, and then you know, so it's, that's that's the type of thinking that you know, the type of thing that that kind of gets on my nerves about about many atheists just. You know why? You know we we you figured the whole God thing out. Why can't you figure this out? You know why can't you use that same logic reasoning or whatever to to come up with something more plausible than oh well this is just you know they, these are just actors and you know they they ship the kids off to like you know I don't know Thailand or something you know so yeah I agree definitely. Uh, my next question for you is. How has your non-belief in your life post-deconversion, um, how has this affected your happiness or your outlook on life? Um, I don't think that it has uh, really any effect, you know, whatsoever, you know. Um, I think the only thing that is different from um, from me as a religious person to me as a non-religious person is that um, I don't have... Uh, that uh uh that that belief in the afterlife anymore and i don't have you know that that um the kind of the, the pressure of you know am i getting it right hanging over me you know anymore uh other than that you know i've i was an optimist as a as a religious person i'm pretty much an optimist now you know um the same types of things that uh that got me riled up you know um as a religious person is the same types of things that uh, have me riled up right now. So there's no necessarily no big change. I'm still the same person. I, you know, I'm still the guy that's you know pretty much life of the party. The, the guy that that you know, uh, um, uh, the guy that you know is is kind of fun to be around and maybe sometimes annoying. But uh, um, but um, 
it, it, it really hasn't been that much of a significant change. Uh, I think at first there was a, that initial shock there that, you know, well, you know, I'm alone. You know, I'm alone as a human being. I'm alone, and you know, there's there's nothing out there uh, watching over me, making sure that you know the the, the scorpion that's waiting uh, uh, beyond the uh, the street or whatever is going to sting me. There's no, there's nothing out there I'm on my own. But you know, once you get over that initial uh, uh, shock of it all, you know, it, nothing really changes. It can be quite liberating too. At least to um, me. To, it is to very feel like you are on your own. Like there's no one like kind yeah. of like supernaturally holding your hand or looking over your shoulder. And you well, don't have you to know, be landing there. The yeah, the, you know the, the the thing that um that I tell people all the time. I say, you know, you're saved. I'm liberated. You know, oh, and awesome. I and I, you know. Like 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 people call be, being born again uh, Christian saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. And I say, well, I'm liberated. I'm liberated. I'm liberated. And I don't want to get confused exactly about this. And what exactly are you saved some... from, though? This one my, exactly. I always I never really understood. I understand the fear of hell, but how are you saved now? Your life is exactly the same here on earth exactly. as it was before. <laughs> I always I laugh well, at I mean, that I, because I, I'm like I'm I'm looking at this. You're in a in a war zone, and you got saved from being shot by this one guy. You're still in the midst of the war. You haven't survived the war yet. Therefore, you can't really call it you've been saved. You still got all this stuff to go through. I just I don't I never get that. Well, I I I I got it. You know, I I understand what they mean. You know, is is there's a salvation from eternal damnation that they're talking about? Yeah, your life may still be hell basically but at least when i die you know uh, um you know at least when i die you know i go into a to a greater place i don't have to worry about you know uh um pinhead or whatever you know speaking of you know come with special tortures to you know i don't know for his, for his delight or something you know so so yeah so i mean i, I understand the concept of salvation I don't necessarily agree with it, you know, but I understand the concept, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, um, you know, the, the only thing I always, the only thing I always have with the issue of salvation is that you, you're saved, but you still have these rules. You still have yeah. to follow these certain rules. So you're not necessarily saved at all. You, you know, you just have a window. You know, you have a window to, in which to get out, but, you know, if you don't follow these rules and these, and these instructions or whatever, then you're still not going to get out of the window. You're still trapped in the burning house, you know. So that's the way I see it. Um, I agree with that. And, you know, it's kind of like someone saying they are saved from a burning building when the firefighter who rescues them is now holding them hostage but they should be grateful that they yeah. didn't burn to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Mario asked the next question on, my, on the list. So um, my next question is, what do you feel is the best avenue in which atheism, secularism, humanism has a chance to grow and become less of a minority? Um the best avenue, I think, is to 
uh, control our image. That's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to control our image. And I think that we've been defined by theists and uh, people who are enemies of, of atheists uh, for far too long, and we let them control the conversation. And um, quite frankly, um, quite frankly, I think that atheists have an image problem because when people mm-hmm. see atheists, they see that guy on the computer who's, you know, arguing with everybody who's constantly calling us idiots, you know, or, you know, Bill Maher who's always calling us idiots or uh, Richard Dawkins who's also always calling us idiots, you know. So I think that, that what, you know, what atheists need to do is that atheists need to basically uh, uh, take on causes in the same way that religions have t- taken on causes. You know, um, we need to, you know, uh, get to the point where, you know, we become a charity, you know, a, a force of charity. And I'm not saying that that's not happening right now because there's plenty of atheist groups that are doing that, but we need to be more visible. Um, I think that, you know, uh, just in the same way that, you know, uh, uh, the churches who, uh, there's, an, there's an old African-American cemetery in town and, and so-and-so church, uh, decided to clean it up for today, and they were the teachers. Uh, well, you know, I'm part of um, uh, Mount Zion Ebenezer Baptist Church, and I'm cleaning up, you know, and, you know, they got their, their T-shirts on to say, well, we're Mount Zion Ebenezer Baptist Church. And I think that, you know, atheists need to do the same thing. You know, we need to get out there, and, 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 and when we do something, do something in, in the name, not necessarily of atheism, but at least in the name of secular human, humanism. You know, mm-hmm. so that people can say, okay, well, uh, you know, when someone makes the argument that you know atheists aren't uh, uh, atheists aren't good people, atheists are selfish, atheists aren't patriotic, or whatever, we you know we can say no, that's not entirely true. Here's what we've here's what we've been doing. There's this video of us doing blase blase this and blase blase that. I think one of the most inspiring stories. Um, um, from uh, an, an atheist, uh, atheistic pr- perspective, is uh, Pat Tillman, uh, mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals player, oh, yeah. Yeah. who gave up a lucrative football contract, gave up a lucrative football contract to go fight in a war, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, he, he, you know, he obviously believed in. Now, you know, maybe a little bit later he became disillusioned, but, you know, he, he thought that he was doing a good thing at the time. He thought he was fighting for this country. It was a very patriotic uh, uh, act uh, in, in the minds of, of many people. And, um, he, you know, here is the, you know, he's an atheist. And, you know, it was kind of funny because a lot of people tried to suppress that knowledge that he was an atheist. You know, mm-hmm. they, they didn't really want that to get out. You know, and it wasn't until, like, you know, Pat Tillman's funeral, which his brother you know, had to, you know, he had to correct everybody. Hey, God is no part of this. My brother, my family, we're all atheists. You know, so don't bring God into this. You know, we we don't believe in that. You know, he did it. You know, he did it because he thought it was the right thing to do. So. And this is the thing about religion you know, that always really bothered me is if what you're saying is the truth and nothing but the truth, why this incessant need to hide things or make things up? And, you know, see, exactly what you said right there, when we go back to my deconversion story, that is the issue that I had. It's not necessarily, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, Yahweh, you know, the character of Yahweh being uh, 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 um, 
bipolar or schizophrenic or or multiple personality disorder. You know, we talked about that, but that wasn't what turned me off. What turned me off was just that, you know, you have instance after instance of the Bible itself falsifying what other, you know, uh, uh, what other parts of the Bible have said. You know, uh, a good example of this is uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, uh, um, you know, in order to make his case for, uh, um, in order to make his case for people to accept Jesus Christ, or whatever, he basically has to state that, okay, well, there's none of you, none of you guys are without sin. There's none of you without sin. Therefore, all of you guys need, you know, need Jesus. And that's not entirely true. Okay, two things. One, Paul misquotes. A psalm, and, I, and forgive me for not knowing the exact psalm that it is right, right off the top of my head. But the psalm was talking about non-believers, and it was saying that you know that that amongst non-believers there is one who there is none who is without sin. So that's what the, that particular psalm is saying. And then the second thing is there are four people listed in the Bible, and if anybody's listening, you can check this out for yourself. There are four people listed in the Bible who the Bible itself say are perfect people. There are, perfect, there are people who are blameless, people who are without sin. You know, I listen in order. Noah, Job, Zechariah, and Elizabeth. And Mary. Okay. That's five. And Mary. Mary. And Mary. Mary, and Mary. Mary. So there's five. Sinless. And so, you and know. Lazarus so this whole, sinless? Isn't that why Jesus brought him back to life? Um, I'm not sure about Lazarus, but I'm, I am sure about the other five. And, you know, you can you can go so far to, you know, you know, now and we know the what Bible happened doesn't... to Job. That's that is that's yes, the indication know. you shouldn't be a good person at all. <laughs> yeah, so you know, so my point is, my point is, is that here's a, an instance where Paul had to falsify things earlier in the Bible in order to you know get uh, uh, his message across, in order to get people to believe his message. If anyone has ever read the uh, gospel according to Matthew. The gospel according to Matthew is full, full of misquotes and, 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 yeah, and uh, uh, you know, all types of other things. It, it, well, the it, it shall be written that he was a Nazarene. Huh? The gospels themselves, um, even, even removed from the Old Testament, when you compare them to one another, there are some huge um, um, discrepancies. Discrepancies. Yes. Where, you know, like in yes. Luke, for example, I don't remember if it's um, Luke or John, um, he, the soldiers put a red cloak on Jesus. Then in another um, gospel, he, they, they put a purple cloak over him after they disrobed him of all his clothes. Um, birthplaces are, are kind of skewed. Um, his, his, his messages are skewed. They're, in some gospels, we focus a lot on his teachings, and a lot of them we focus on the miracles, absolutely none of them can bridge that gap between age of 9 and 29 where apparently for those 20 years he wasn't doing anything with his life. Um, yes. And so, that, you know, you know that's, that's like, the, what was Jesus doing that entire time? The most important time well, of his know, life and, and, is he and, died at 33. And, you know, what's, what's funny about that is that there, there, there exists a, a, a gospel out there, it's an a apocryphal gospel, and forgive mm-hmm. me for not knowing exact the, the exact name of it that supposedly tells the life 
of uh, of Jesus uh, between um, ages twelve and and, and thirty, um, where we kind well, of see Jesus is kind of like the Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Judah, or the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. It's one of those yeah, three for sure. One, I know it's one of three. But yeah, so it's, it's, what, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting gospel because it kind of shows Jesus as kind of a kind of an asshole, you know, <laughs> in the lack of a better term, because you know he's he's playing tricks on people. I think he kills a person, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, kills what, he kills a person with Jesus magic. Of that. Like if if the yeah. if this person, the, the if the human being who deemed himself a god or whose followers later tried to make the world believe he was a god existed. We still see glimpses of this really douchey behavior. Even in the scripture, there was a woman that came up to him, begging him for help, and he's like, well, even masters feed dogs their scraps, basically belittling her in front of his followers yes. before he did anything yes. for her. Um, there's another yes. verse in the Bible where he gets mad at a fig tree for not blooming in and season. He, and he makes you are the son wizard. of God. Exactly. You know that that shit is not in bloom. What are you doing? You could have made it bloom for you. You are God. Instead, you curse the tree and kill it. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, whose temper yeah, is just, that fucked up? <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you, know, you do see glimpses of that. But, you know, the main point is, the main point of all this is that, you know, there's, there's, there are times in, uh, um, there are times throughout the Bible in which, you know, even in the Old Testament, Genesis 1 is not the same as Genesis 2. You know, uh, the flood story in, in, in Genesis uh, 6, 7, and 8 are not, you know, and not necessarily in concert with each yeah, other. Yeah, there are actually you know. two different creation stories in Genesis. And there's two different flood that. stories. <laughs> yes. And, you know, the fact that Goliath, you know, David kills Goliath twice, you know, <laughs> you know in the Bible, you know. Uh-huh. And, you know, so, you know, and then the fact that Goliath is, Goliath is even there because the whole purpose of Noah's flood was to kill the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, well, not, it wasn't just the Nephilim. You know, it, was, it, was, it was all evildoers. This is why even infants and babies exactly. have to Exactly. It was all evildoers, but, it, but exactly. It was all evildoers, but the Nephilim was kind of like, you know, the, the, the catalyst, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, if so, if the nef- if the ne- if the nephilim died off, if the nephilim died off during the flood, and the only thing that is left is you know Noah and his family and his descendants, and where does Goliath come from? You know, um, exactly. So it's it's, it's little stuff like <laughs> that, that. You know, a lot of people, a lot of but people who never read the Bible or sorry. But even the flood story, which I said, that, like you said, there's there's two different versions of that, but. The one thing both workers can agree on is the amount of animals being put on um, Noah's um, boat. And even that, which is consistent from that point onward, is told incorrectly. It's not two of every animal. It's two of every unclean animal and seven of every clean animal. So there's a lot lot more animals on that ark than what they tell small children to imagine were on that ark. They show you these little kid stories and you see pairs of everything. No, you know, most of the animals, there were seven of them on that boat. You know, I was really shocked, you know, when I read, um, when I read, because I didn't know this when I first read about it, that it took Noah like a hundred years to build that boat or something like that. Mm -hmm. It took him a really long. I did not know that until I first read until I read it about a few years later, uh, a few years ago. And it's like, 
Wow. That's, I mean, you, so you just say, hey, build this boat because I'm going to massacre a whole shitload of people. In the meantime, I'm not going to do anything to help these people understand how pissed off I am. I'm just going to let you build this for 100 years, and then I'm just going to kill everybody. Only y'all are going to be safe. Yeah. But see, but it's see, really the advances you know, that we've and, made. Oh, go ahead, Mario. No, but, you know, if you, if you notice there, those are the philosophical premises that, you know, the weak philosophical premises, let me put it like that, the weak philosophical premises that, that we catch, us atheists catch, that a lot of religious people don't catch, like, you know, like, like even the, the creation story itself, you know, or the story of Adam and Eve. You know, you're, you're an omnipotent, omniscient being, yet you left these people knowing damn well what they were going to do with, 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 with essentially what is uh, figuratively could be compared to a loaded gun, you know, in the garden, the, 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 the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, you also uh, uh, left them there with the talking snake, you know, the serpent, you know. And, you know, whether or not you believe that the serpent is Satan or not, he still left them there with that serpent. Yeah. So that, that doesn't even... That doesn't even matter whether you believe in Satan or not. The, 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 mm-hmm. the thing is, is that, you know, he knew what was going to happen, but yet allowed it to happen. So, you know, so basically, you know, what you could say is that God set the stage for the fall of man and then blamed man for, the, for, what, for what was to come afterwards. It's like me as a parent, me having naive children as a parent. I, I, got, I, got, I got guns in the house, you know. And I leave one gun loaded on the coffee table. And I say, you know, hey, don't touch this gun. Whatever you do, don't touch this gun. Now, I know how they act. I know them. And, I, you know, I leave the house. I go someplace for like an hour. You know, I don't know. I go have Indian food or something. And I come back and one, you know, one of the children shot another child. And now all of a sudden I'm mad at that child. No, I should be mad at myself for leaving that gun on the coffee table. Mm-hmm. What was the that, purpose? That... What was the purpose of Yahweh putting the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden if he didn't, well, didn't want these people touching it? This is the awesome part about that story, and I'm not sure if um, this is from a King James version of the Bible that I read that was published in like the 70s, but it says that not only what was the true knowledge smack dab in the middle of the garden. No one, no, like, you know, no one was keeping an eye on it. He just said, don't touch it, even though he's omniscient yeah. and he knew what was going to go down. But there was also the tree of life in the garden. Yeah. And that tree was yeah, being was. guarded by, an angel, by angels with flaming swords. I'm like, why is that tree even yes. being guarded? They, already, they were already immortal before they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They don't need anything from the tree of life. Why are you guarding that? That's like putting a baby's bottle of milk in a cage and leaving the gun right there on the table. Like, what are you doing? You know, exactly. <laughs> and I, exactly. And I find it, I find it hilarious. I find it hilarious that God created his own, not only that he created his own arch enemy, but Adam and Eve didn't even know they were doing anything wrong and immediately were just, it's it's convoluted because God also created Adam without any thought to creating Eve, and he had reproductive organs at the time and then decided, hey, yeah, he might need a woman. Let me rip his rib out. So, 
hilarious. You know, so you know yeah. when, you, when you read this, when you when you read it, and, and you know, and I, I I I don't want to necessarily like you know uh, uh, go to any logical fallacies or whatever. You know, the uh, basically the one where you uh, 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 kind of like um, make fun of uh, 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 what other people believe, but. When you read it, when you read it, and you and you and you and you and you think about it, doesn't make any sense. And it reads like, uh, do you remember the story of Pan, uh, uh, Pandora's box, the uh-huh. Greek mythology? It yeah, reads yeah. just like yeah. that, you know. Where it's like, you know, and and, and you and you're reading, Pan, you know, Pandora's box, and you know that, oh, well, this is fantasy because this can't, you know, this can't happen, you know, at all. This is it's too far fetched to be real. And, you know, the same thing could be said about, you know, the same thing should be said about Adam and Eve, you know, that whole story, you know, the whole story of the, of the fall of man and, and, uh, 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 and, you know, the creation story is just, it's just so far-fetched that it shouldn't even be taken seriously as, as, as any form of history. It should be treated the way that it's, that it's supposed to be treated as stable. Mm-hmm. I you know what advances in modern modern technology that really kind of blew the lid off a lot of things for me and started. I think I started questioning long before I even realized that I was questioning. It's one of those you know natural curiosity things where I found out that the tower that Nimrod had built. What the hell is that? What's that music? <laughs> that was ghost space. Um, the tower that Nimrod had built, the one that had caused God to damn him. Um, the Tower of Babel, which, you know, the reason why supposedly we have so many different languages in the world, isn't as tall as the Sears Tower. And then I found out later that Noah's Ark wasn't as large as the Titanic. I'm like, uh, no. uh this is not making any sense now. <laughs> it makes less sense now than it did before, because I could have believed that somehow God guided all those animals into the boat. Noah didn't go out and, like, have to, like, round them up that I can't believe that they could all fit in a boat smaller than the Titanic. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, when yes. you, when you, 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 you had to take monumental leaps in logic to keep this, you know, and that's the only way it works. Is it, you completely ignore, like, I'm reading about, first of all, I'm reading my book of Bible stories. I'm seeing people drowning in the illustration, and what's supposed to be a children's book, okay with that because they deserved it. And I'm also supposed to believe that all this water, evaporated, and there are carcasses all over of humans and animals, and they settled down and nobody found not one carcass that shouldn't have been where it sh- settled down where it shouldn't have been, and no one found this gigantic boat. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh. um, there was a story, I'm not sure if it was a religious hoax because they do that a lot. Um, there was an article circulating around that they had found Noah's Ark. And that this so yeah, not yeah, anything. When I in reality, the thing is itsy bitsy, teeny weeny, and does exactly what it did when I read how large the boat was supposed to be. It made me believe yeah, even it, less because it didn't they, even look like they it was said it's supposed to be found in Turkey. On mm-hmm. sorry, the yeah, thing they, didn't they even look like it was found in Turkey. Yeah, yeah, they did find it in Turkey. And, you know, and, and the problem with that is. All it does um, really is um, prove that this is a plagiarism of the Epic of Gilgamesh. And I can understand back then, if you've never experienced a monsoon before, 
and it's a monsoon that hasn't been known to last for months, and you've never, you have no means of traveling the world, it's easy to believe that this is a plague brought on by God and that the whole world is flooding because this, is, as far as yeah. you know, is... Yeah, okay, if, it, if, well, it, if um, it took you like days to go, by, you know, just 15 miles or whatever, then, you know, yeah, you know, it would seem like the whole world is flooded. Okay, right. last question because we have eight minutes left. Um, and this is just for fun. If you had the option of just removing one religion from the world, all 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 um, negative traces that it ever had on people's minds, all the 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 pain and grief it's brought, all the backwards ideologies. If you could just chuck this one religion, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> Um, um, and I just only, I only get to choose one, right? You can only choose one. Um, my, uh, um, I guess the answer that keeps popping my, in my mind is Christianity, you know, only because that's the religion that affects me the most. Other than that, I would probably vote for Islam. <laughs> okay. Of all the religions that you're aware of, which religion do you think is going to become myth first? Which of all the religions that currently exist do you think, you know, the, out of before all the others, people are just going to think about it and be like, oh, that's a joke? Scientology. Yeah, that would probably have been my answer too. And to be fair, Elron Hubbard did publish War of the Worlds um, as as fiction. And then he realized he could make more money when he wasn't selling, that he could make more money by by basing a whole Oh, you're talking on. about uh, not, not War of the, World, uh, War of the Worlds, but uh, uh, Diagnetics. Diagnetics, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. War of the Worlds was like mm-hmm. a follow-up um, kind of thing where he kind so of actually, like the Scientology's version of of the Apocalypse. No, okay. Uh, World World of Worlds was, was uh, pu- pu- published, I think, by H.G. Wells long before Scientology was even thought of. He uh, what's that 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 Battlefield Earth, I think, or whatever that movie was with uh, John Travolta. That was the second book. Okay. okay yeah, cool. I'm confused, and that's the one I was I was thinking about. Um, yeah. So the, um, the thing about Scientology is that in a lot of ways, it's already being ridiculed right now, but there are just people with so much money involved in it that people don't feel right yeah. out, like outright criticizing it because there's a lot of power wrapped up in that religion at the, at the present time. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, um, uh, we're down to like the last five minutes, and this has been a, a very good conversation, a very good discussion and everything. Hey, Mario, any, any words you want to let out, any promotions, go ahead and have your fun, man. All right. Um, I don't uh, personally have any promotions myself. I do have a, a, a mission, if you will. Um, Go ahead. My mission uh, with uh, Black Atheists is to take uh, Black Atheists uh, um, beyond uh, Facebook, um, um, basically uh, use it as a, uh, as a vehicle to, you know, uh, I guess uh, do some charitable work, if you will. Also uh, use it uh, to um, uh, get... Uh, people in the group to uh know you know get to uh, meet each other and know each other on a uh 
on a personal level, you know, not necessarily like on an intimate level, but uh, to get people to actually meet each other uh, in the same way that um, uh, I've met you um, a long, you know, a while ago. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of model uh, the, the things that uh, uh, other atheist groups are doing, or like let's say the big atheist groups, uh, 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 American atheists and whatnot, where they have the annual uh, convention. I want to, you know, uh, do the same thing with uh, black atheists. Uh, as always, I, you know, I love to give uh, um, credit where credit is due. Uh, there's a lot of atheists uh, out there that's just doing uh, incredible things. Uh, um, there's supposed to be a movie coming out. There's uh, uh, there's uh, books uh, being produced or being written by uh, black atheists. A movie uh, coming out uh, by a black atheist. And forgive me for not having a title right now or or, or uh, anything like that. Uh, uh, but uh, so uh, I think you know just be on the lookout uh, for that. Um, I want to uh, say that. Uh, uh, um, as far as like uh, uh, people out there just that I think are doing incredible things, as far as like the atheist movement is concerned, uh, uh, I really think that uh, Mandisa has uh, uh, turned herself into kind of like a giant uh, uh, in, in the atheist movement, and you know mm-hmm. I'm really really proud of her. Um, you know she's just out there fighting the good fight for for us all, and um, you know I think. Uh, uh, we should congratulate her and support her on that. Also, uh, uh, Ayanna Watson. Uh, um, you know, there's others out there, you know, who, uh, um, you know, Gary Booker, uh, Raina Rhodes, uh, a few other people out there that's, you know, that's trying to do something uh, um, with uh, and uh, Our benefactress, with, Kim of Black Freethinkers Radio. Let's not forget yes, her. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, uh, even, you know, even some of the people and a half. that we may not agree with, you know, uh, 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 I, I do appreciate uh, uh, them putting the message out there. Uh, so, um, you're not, you know, basically what you, you're not going to hear me disparage other people, especially on the, on the air, you know, uh, uh, whatever you're doing to help you I appreciate it. Awesome. So, awesome. Great. Thank you Man, so that's, much that's for great. appearing. We had a really great um, conversation. I hope all the listeners enjoyed. And yeah, um, well, thank you for having me. Look forward to the next time. Again. Yeah, and look right. forward to all the other all the other shows, upcoming shows. As always, more shows always coming from the BFT family. The Breakbeat, um, the Kim's normal show on Sunday at 1 p.m. Um, Arena's RSS feed. What's the other one? M Vita Star. Yes, um, on blast with Zeta Star. That's every other right. Thursday. She will be on um, this coming Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right on. Thank you again, Mario, All right. for being on the show with us. And y'all have a safe and happy weekend. Love y'all. Take it easy. Bye. Thinkers, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night.